Tim Kiefer, MIBtownline.com. How are you doing today? Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, it's our off-season meeting, and you can kind of see we've got the almost the invisible text number there. Hey, there's our text number. That's what we're going to be doing today for you to, to communicate with us and uh, talk to us about what we need to do tonight, learn some football. So we'll go to ME1 so that way we can get to our PowerPoint presentation. Perfect. All right, so this is our July football off-season meeting. So I want to welcome everybody in, taking some time out of their summer evening. You know, these summer days start to get short because football's right around the corner. This is our last off-season meeting. When we start, we're going to start into our preseason meetings. Yeah, I try to tell my wife it's crazy. She doesn't understand. Off-season, preseason. Well, we're off-season, but we're about to be in the preseason. So I want to thank you, like I said, for taking some time out of your summer evening to spend some time with us. Or if you're watching this on demand. It's great that you're learning football today. So let's get to our uh, uh, through our stuff here real quick so we can get to the meat of the, of the meeting and really start to dive into some football stuff. So this is our July meeting. Uh, some announcements we're going to go over. We're going to go over our rule question from the last month that we put out on Twitter. And then we're going to talk some plays because that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk some plays. All right, here's our announcements. Bill Amani's best practice video is available. The call on the field stands. For all you subscribers, just go to the football page. Um, actually, you want to go to the Bill Amanie page. Make sure you're logged in, go to the Bill Amanie page. It's under the store, and you can see all the videos, all the sections. Real quick here, within the next couple of weeks, you're going to start seeing each individual play be put onto the football page. So you can just go to the actual plays themselves, especially for a lot of those people who use those plays for your meetings and whatnot. So just to know, that's coming. The Intro to Football course is available now. And let your friends know, people who want to be football officials, it's free until January, or I'm sorry, until September 1st. It's free until September 1st. Now, just, just to kind of give you a run through for subscribers, um, once you complete the course, the course is done. Now, in order to go back to see a lesson, you'd have to go through the course again. It's just the way it works. However, because you're a subscriber to MIBtownline.com, you can go to the football page now, and each individual lesson is available for you to watch at your leisure. You can just go to the lesson. You don't have to go back in the course. You can then check it out and slide it wherever you want to, you know, whatever you wanted to see. That's for you subscribers. That's stuff that we do special for you that is not available to the general free public who are taking this course. They'll have to go back through the course if they wanted to re-view uh, a lesson or whatnot. So I wanted to make sure everybody knew that. But it's available to September 1st. So if you if your brother-in-law, you know, instead of going bass fishing, this fall wants to go referee football, hey, have them go check out the course. Free, no obligation, doesn't cost you anything. Tell your friends. All right, referral program. We, we announced this a couple months ago. Nobody's really taking advantage of this. Get your football officiating crew, your other members of your association who want to go from good to great. Yeah, football associations across the country do a great job training. We want to supplement that training here at MIBtonline.com. So refer a friend. And if you refer an official, it's $10 in your pocket for every official that you refer. $10. None of this, you know, credits, this or that. No, we will send you a Venmo. We'll send you a check, whatever you want, for $10. When somebody fills out the form, uh, their profile, they can put the name of your name. If you're, you're a subscriber, they can put your name and you'll get 10 bucks. Please tell your crew members this is a very good program. We want everybody to be the best they can be. Preseason clinic. It is Saturday, or Sunday, August 7th, 12 p.m. Central to 4 p.m. Central. We do our clinic every year. 2018 was our first one. In 2019, we did a free one. If you remember, 600 officials took advantage of that. You want to tell your friends, tell all your officiating friends to subscribe. You get it. As a subscriber, you get this. If you're not a subscriber, which only subscribers are watching this right now, but tell the other people that, hey, 20 bucks, you can get the clinic or subscribe, 49, you get them all. I think it's a great deal. Social media, we're really getting active on TikTok now and other social media's platforms. So you wanna make sure you follow us, share with your friends, all the social media stuff. That's kind of important for us. All right, our rules question from last meeting. But before we go to that, I wanna run through and bring in our panel because it's always great to have these guys with us because I mean, you're there, the, the brains, you know, I might be the brains of the operation, but they're the, the heart and the soul of the operation because without them, we, uh, we, wouldn't be any, we wouldn't be going anywhere. So our first uh, guest we're going to bring in, he's with us all the time, Robert Yabara. Robert is manning the chat and he's manning the text line. In fact, 
We're going to pull up the text line now, so you can, if you have any questions during it, you can, uh, you can text us. So we'll throw up the text line right now. There we go. Robert, we're going to go, go to you, Robert, now. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Tim. You know, I read a news article released today. It was about Northeast Ohio. Officials are going to boycott week one in football, Tim. I don't know if you read it, but what a story. Uh, there's such a shortage, and they're not satisfied with the pay and they're having a hard time in filling the games because there's just not enough crews to satisfy all the dates. So isn't that interesting? Northeast Ohio, Cleveland area, hundreds and hundreds of officials, national news, boycotting week one, August 19th. I found that fascinating. So anyhow, you guys out there in Ohio right now, thank you for joining us. Uh, we welcome you as part of our family and uh, we're behind you 100%. Is there anything that MIBT can do to support you in any fashion? Please let Tim, Bill, or I know, and we'll definitely do that for you. Well, the labor movement has started <laughs> uh, organizing. You know, it's only, it was only a matter of time, I think, before that happened. So I'd also uh, like to bring in our other guest with us as he's here every week or every month or whatever. Just got back from Japan, and so I'm glad he was able to uh, not fall asleep and spend a little bit of time with us. Bill Monier, Bill, how are you doing? Doing great, Tim. Good to be back. We had a great two weeks in Japan, both in Tokyo and Osaka, working with the officials there. And uh, a lot of fun as always. So, but uh, hey, and, and I can sympathize with the officials in Ohio. The players should not make more money than the officials. So we've got to get that straight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if they're, you know, their likeness, TikTok or whatever, they can. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. And uh, I'm sure you're going to, I know they were talking about doing something similar down in Florida in regards to, you know, doing some sort of labor movement or, or whatnot. But hey, we, we've got to make things better. But that's what we're here to do tonight. We're trying to, we're trying to make the game better, improve the game through the official, make the game better through the official. That is our mission statement here. So uh, before we move on, I want to welcome in a, a new member of the MIBT team, MIBT Online team. We've got Hugh, we used to have Alex, but now since we've relocated, we got Hugh running the board, running uh, running everything tonight. So I want to thank Hugh for, for joining us. So, you know, Hugh, this is his first broadcast, so we're going we're gonna to roll through it. So it, it, we're going to, don't get all mad at me if you see a little jumping around. It's not a problem. Everything's going to be great. Hugh's a great guy. And so we're, we're really happy to have him. In fact, I'm going to have him wave hi. Hugh, you know, you can put yourself and wave hi to everybody. On, uh, there, there's Hugh. So there's Hugh. He's working with us tonight. So thanks for being here, Hugh. We really appreciate it. All right, so let's go back to the PowerPoint. And we're going to talk about our play of, uh, that we had last week. So we'll go back to the, uh, we'll go back to ME1. So that way, there we go. Oh, that's, uh, we got to drop that down. All right, let's go. We'll just go wide on this. So we'll go wide on the, uh, on the, the PowerPoint here, if we can, <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Um, so it, it's ME, ME2, there we go, perfect, we got it now. All right, so here's a rule question. So let's read through it. Rule question from last meeting, and we put this out on Twitter. Fourth and 10, team A at the A20, team A lines up in scrimmage kick formation, the ball is snapped and punted downfield where R33 catches it at, at the B30. R33 returns the ball, to the A45, where is is downed and then hit late by A75. Player A75 during the return, blocker B54 was flagged for an illegal blindside block at the B45. At the snap, team A was flagged for an illegal formation. All right, so let me uh, let me pull up the uh, let's pull up the board here for this one. All right. Let's go wide on the board. We're going to go wide on the board. All right, so I wrote, remember I showed you this board, this cool board we have? So I wrote the play out. You can see it's fourth and 10, and then A is, in four, uh, is over here in the scrimmage kick formation. They punt the ball down here. There's the end of the kick, and then F, and then you got the foul. You got the foul by F here. I'm sorry, you got the foul by B here. You got the foul by B here with just the dead ball, and you've got a live ball. So we've got, we've got, three fouls that we have to deal with in this case. So we've got the illegal formation. We have the illegal blindside block after change of possession. And then when the ball is dead, we have a late hit. So we've got, 
a double file because we've got to file a two live ball files. So we've got to file on A and we've got to file on B during the down. We have a double file situation. We have a dead ball file. So remember, we take the dead ball files and we put them in our back pocket. We put them over here. We'll get to the dead ball files after we take care of the live ball files. So we'll go back to the, go back to the screen. So if we look at our two live ball files, we have a live ball file here at the line of scrimmage, and we have a live ball file here after the change of possession. So walk through our penalty enforcement. If we have a change, or if we have a illegal formation file, the illegal formation file is simultaneous with the snap. And when a file is simultaneous with the snap, the basic spot of enforcement is the previous spot. So A's file would be enforced from the previous spot if it was by itself, but it's not. It's got a B file. So we've got the B file, but the B file occurs after change of possession. So we've got a live ball file by one team, a live ball file by a second team. The second team got the ball, the team B got the ball with clean hands, meaning they did not foul prior to possessing the ball. So that means team B has the option of keeping the ball, but they have to have their penalty enforced and decline A's penalty. This is one of, it's called the clean hands principle. We should all know it well. So you always have to, when we walk through penalty enforcement, we have to ask ourselves all these questions because we don't want to just dump, jump to a double foul. Now, if for some reason team B didn't want the ball, then it would be a double foul for these two live ball fouls. But rarely does team B give up the ball unless it's something crazy. But even then, a lot of times they're not going to give the ball back to A. So just most of the time, TB will keep the ball and just decline A's penalty. Not always, but a lot of the time. All right, so now if we're going to enforce that, we know we have to enforce B's foul. So where did, where did B's foul occur? B's foul occurred at the, at, the, at the A, I'm sorry, at the B45. That's why we drive this out, because we want to make sure we keep, it, we keep everything in order. That's why we draw, we're drawing it out. Because like if you start A, B, what the heck is up? So now we can see it visually where it's actually going to happen. So we're going to walk back and mark off this live, or we're going to march this live ball foul out, right? We're going to go, it's a 15-yard penalty because we're in a legal blindside box. So we're going to go 15 yards to here, right? I think everybody would be in agreement. Well, wait a minute, Tim, what about that other foul? That was a dead ball foul. So that, once we get done dealing with the live ball fouls, now we go to the dead ball fouls. So now... I think we're going to go back to this spot, walk the 15 back the other direction because that dead ball UNS against Team B will also be enforced, regardless of what happens with A and B on the two live ball falls. If by some chance Team B declined it, we're still enforcing this dead ball foul once we're done enforcing the live ball fouls. Just so, just so, you, just so you know that. So that's how that one would, would walk through on that play. So. Tim. Yeah, just, just for clarification here, if we have the receiving team, which is the B team, who has a dead ball foul, that would push it from the 30 back further to the 15, oh. correct, Tim? Well, let me see. Let me make sure I did that right, because team, yeah. team A was flagged. I'm sorry. Team okay. A was flagged for, for the, dead the ball. late hit. So team A was Beautiful. flagged, so the, the, the kicking team was flagged. So that's why we walk back, we walk back. My, my apologies, but Good. that's... Uh, Team A was flagged. If Team B was flagged, you're right. We would go, we would double it up. We'd go the 15 and another 15. But on the play, it was actually Team A was flagged on the foul. So for the late hit or the kicking team in this case. So yeah, we would walk, we'd walk first back the blindside block because Team B, the receiving team, wants to keep the ball. And then we would walk it to the ahead because Team A fouled as the ball was dead. So thanks for clarifying that, Robert, because that's true. That's, this was Team A that fouled at the end. So that was our rules question. Robert, are there any, uh, any comments or anything out there on the rules question or anybody asking any specific questions want us to go into this in more detail? No, I think they got it, but I just want to let you know, we, we have viewers in motion. We have officials that are traveling to another association meeting and one's holding up the phone to the driver as they're watching this program. So thank you, loyal members. There Tim, you go. Just so you know, we got, we got mobility everywhere. Mobility everywhere. I, I, I like it. So 
let's go. We're going to go uh, jump into our, our video review. And let me pull up this play. So here's a play that I want to show you. Let me get it up here. All right. So we, we had an issue. We, we put, I've, I've been doing this, uh, this new series on YouTube. So it's for everybody, not just for subscribers, but it's called Chalk Talk on the Whiteboard. And I've I got that whiteboard that I showed you. We just we just walked through the play. Um, it's to try to break down the game in a little bit more of, of rules fashion, but you can also illustrate exactly how a rule penalty is enforced. And I created a stir with this oh earlier this week. In fact, I had to pull the video down and then resubmit the video because there were some issues with the penalty enforcement but let's go to this play this was an nfl play and then i'm going to walk through the high school part of it so we're going to go to the play here you see receiver fumbles the ball and then 50 bats it out you know so it's clearly it's it's fumbled into the end zone teammate fumbles the ball into the end zone but then what happens is that number 50 here after the ball is fumbled it's in the end zone he clearly bats it out. That's, that's an intentional act. We'll watch it one more time. You can, just, you can tell that you can't say this is a muff. That's an intentional act. All right, so when we talked about this play on YouTube, my first thought was, you know, in fact, you know, we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the whiteboard. And I'm going to bring up the whiteboard right now. Let me clear this right here. All right. So we'll go wide on the whiteboard. So my first thought was you've got a foul or you got A with the ball. They fumble it, right? So we know who put the ball in the end zone. And now team B now bats it illegally. All right. So we've got a foul in the end zone. In high school rules, the result of the play is a touchback. Then the enforcement spot, the basic spot, is the succeeding spot. So since the result is a touchback, A is the one who is responsible for putting the, the ball in the end zone. Team B fouled in the end zone. I thought, well, this is easy. We go to the succeeding spot. The foul is behind the basic spot. It's a safety because team B fouled. But that's not correct. And the reason why that's not correct is because if you look at the all but one principle, the all but one principle states that you have to be the offense. For the all but one principle. Now the offenses can can change. Team A and Team B remain Team A and Team B throughout the down. There's no they stay the same. Player or team designation. But offense and defense can shift in a down. They can go back and forth. It's the team in possession of the ball, and the defense is the team that's defending the possession of the ball. So if Team B gets possession, now they're the new offense even though they might still be team B during the down. So just, I know it seems like it's confusing, but that's the, that's the designation of, of the definition of offense, defense, team A, team B, kicking team, receiving team. And that's why it's important to know definitions when it comes to the, the rule book, because it does play a part in penalty enforcement. So I would've gotten this wrong because I'm like, well, no, I'm thinking this is all but one, but it's not because they, team B never possesses the ball. So they're not the offense. Then I'm like, all right, well, the rule still says it's a seating spot enforcement. So we'll go back to the go back to the board. So if it's a seating spot enforcement, no problem. It's going to be B's ball, and we're going to walk up the 10-yard bat. So that means it'll be first and 10 for team B at the 10. That means they get the ball. But wait a minute. Everyone was like, how can team B get the ball when they foul? They didn't, we just talked about that clean hands play. How do they get the ball when they foul? I don't disagree. The ball is in the end zone, it's loose, and now Team B falls. But the rule says that the succeeding spot is the basic spot when the result is a touchback. Now this one ran all the way up the chain. There were people who are were, who were not very happy with this. They believe that it should go back to the spot of the fumble. It's a running play. The ball is fumbled, the basic spot is the end of the related run, since the foul occurred during the loose ball period, the end of the related run would be wherever they fumble the ball. On that play, it looked like the one-yard line. And then this play doesn't matter. We can fumble it wherever. And I made the argument, well, yeah, I don't disagree, but that's not what the rule says. And then it was interesting because it was pointed out that 
Well, what about, you know, it's different examples. So what if the team B intercepts the ball in the end zone and is down there? But during the play, team uh, A quarterback was roughed. So you're going to give the ball to team B, even though team A was roughed, and now you're going to go back to, because it says a result of the play. So here's the, here's the thing. In the YouTube, on this example, I still thought it was a 20-yard line. I still kind of think it is based off of the way the rule is written. But that's not really the intent of the rule. And where we have to be very careful in the rules is that words mean things. And I think sometimes the guys who write the book forget certain things and don't, don't really look at how uh, the building blocks of it can affect something down the road, something down the line that's unintended. So I get that. And I, and, and I said, if a state interpreter in your, or your local association interpreter wants it ruled one way, you're going to rule it that way. You're going to rule whatever way they want it ruled. And I understand why you'd want to go to the basic spot as, as the end of the run on this one, as the spot of the fumble. I have no problem with that. Um, but the rule needs to be changed. The rule needs to be rewritten so it's a little bit clearer. And I've actually submitted a proposal to change this rule. And for those of you who've been MIBT subscribers for a long time, I think we have facilitated three or four different rule changes in high school football based on situations and discussions like this. So just know that. And I want to walk it through so everyone's going to be like, well, what's the right answer, Tim? It seems like the right answer is going to be this is a running play, end of the run. It should not be a touchback. It should go back to the spot of the fumble, and the illegal bat would be walked off half the distance at that point. That's what seems to be the consensus of most of the rules interpreters who I have spoken with, saying that that was not the intent. And that was a great example that, I gave, that, that was given to me about the interception, but what about the, the roughing? So, um, Bill, I'm going to bring you in now. Bill, you've been de- dealing with, with rules, I know more on the college level, obviously, for a long time. But it's true that as we go through a rule study and as we try to run through these type of plays, it's great because it, we have to go through the process, but sometimes we end up in these rabbit holes and then we end up with unintended consequences and then people have to tell us what the words mean. I mean, have you run into that through your career? Oh, sure. And, and you hit it on the head. They don't get the opportunity to think through every situation or scenario or maybe some existing examples in a rule book that now contradict what they're trying to do here. But this play here, if you do anything else, then give the ball back to team A and do this from the end of their last run. Uh, that would be a travesty of the game. That, uh, the interpreters that are saying that wasn't the intent of the rule are perfectly right. Uh, there's absolutely no way in the world B should be rewarded for stupidity. So. <laughs> you want to know something funny? I think in this NFL game, they actually did do the touchback. They gave it to Team B. I'm almost positive. In fact, let me see. Let me go back to the play. I think it might even be on there at the end of the play. Let me see if they did that. Let me see if I can find it. No, it's just somebody talking about it. But I think they did actually. Uh, I think they did give it. Oh, and there's our there's our buddy Dean Blandino. Um, let's see. I think they did say that this one ended up being a. It ended up being a a, a touchback. So I agree with you now. And after going through it. It's like, okay, I, I don't, I didn't ever, I never disagreed that it didn't make, it wasn't right because it, how does team B get the ball when they foul? But I'm like, this is what it's, this is what it says. So hopefully they will fix that. Robert, are there any uh, questions or comments out there on this? Yeah, we're, we have some members that are spinning their heads, to be honest with you, Tim. Uh, it, it is hard to digest, to be honest. And, and members, thank you for sharing your, your thoughts, most of them are saying this should not be enforced on the succeeding spot from the 20. Um, and, and, I, and I know you're referencing the rule, which is what we have to follow, Tim, but it's hard, it's hard to digest when, when they're hearing it for the first time. And I can understand that. No, it's extremely hard to digest, actually. And it, it requires like a, a, a construction what I mean by construction of, of building the play and building it up and going and walking through in the construction of the rule. How does a rule get to where it, where it gets? And in no, the end, hey, if I can interrupt, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. If the intent of that rule is to give B the ball 
uh, you know, and put it at the 20 yard line. What possible situation could happen where B would foul and they should be entitled to keep the ball? That, that, that should just go simply with, the, with a loose ball, you know, the end of the fumble. Um, until B gets possession of the ball, they don't deserve the ball. I don't dis- Bill, once again, I don't disagree with that, but that's not what you it says. The rule? You tell, here's how everybody can change the rule right now. Get your pen, pen out. Go to the rule book, just put a line through that other one, and just write this in. Change it yourself, but do not officiate this play like like was described. Well, right. You don't want to you don't want to officiate it that way because that's not, but that's not it's like I asked the guys, like, are you supported? A lot of times, are you supported by rule? If you just decide to go exactly what we should do, is it supported by the book? And if somebody went to this, if a lawyer, I hate to use it that way, if a lawyer went to it and said, no, no, that's what it says. It says that this is what's supposed to happen. All I said is funny. When I created the, the potential change, I just added it because it says the succeeding spot is, or the, the basic spot is the succeeding spot if the result of the play is a touchback. I just said, unless team B fouls prior to change of possession. How hard is that? That takes care of that. And then you don't have to even worry about it. It doesn't contradict itself. Tim, I, I do want to bring up another point. It's kind of related. Bill, if you've mentioned this before, when it comes to illegal batting, how definitive of an action do we want to see in judgment to define it as a foul for an illegal bat? Or do we err on an attempt to possess? Obviously, this camera angle in the NFL, they're going to have uh, you know footage for us to you know break it down and, and come to a true conclusion. but High school officials, you know, we get one one crack at it. What guidance would you share with us in that determination? Was it in fact an illegal bat or was it in fact an attempt to secure the ball? Yeah, I mean, you give you try and give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in terms of, of uh, did he just muff it reaching for it and, and knocked it forward versus uh, hitting it. Uh, and this, this guy is batting. But uh, Dave Perry used to tell us that batting meant that you hit the ball 365 feet over the left field fence. You know, <laughs> he wanted to see force in there. You know, he was using forcible contact before it was involved in targeting. Um, but but this this one here, this this player had the easiest opportunity in the world to secure the ball. And he chose not to do it. He he knocked. He he was just making sure nobody else was going to get it. So I'll knock it over the the end line. Um, yeah, no. I I'm totally supporting the, the the batting in this situation. Okay, thank you. All right. Any other any other uh, questions on this, Robert? On, from the no, text, I- we'll throw up the text line just to make sure in case anybody has any last minute when we go into our next play. Is there anything else, Robert? Nothing's coming up right now, Tim. We can move forward. All right. So just to just to sum sum it up. So even though the rule says one thing, we're gonna we're gonna try to you know go with the what makes the most sense, and hopefully they'll fix it next year. And so that way you can just say, all right, basic basic spot enforcement. So all right, let's go to our let's go to our next play. Um, here we go. So here's this play is we're gonna kind of walk through what we have now we're in a scrimmage kick formation and we can we can tell and, and i believe there's only i believe there's only uh five officials on this game because it, it looks like the back judges might be in, in an interesting spot as we, as we go through it but just we're going to walk through and then, and i want to thank mike again from pennsylvania for sending us this play so we'll go let's look at our formation we'll go back wide on the play we'll look at the formation and you can see that you know we've got a legal scrimmage kick formation from all indications we can't tell if they're totally on the line, but from here we're going to say this is a legal scrimmage kick formation. So we know that we, we have numbering exceptions, but we also know that it, if you look at fourth down up here, you don't even see the chains anywhere. So you know this is a really long uh, play. So you know, what are the odds of a fake? Not very much, but these are the things that we have to think about football IQ. But we also have to know where we're looking. Now, most mechanics would have the referee, which you don't see over here, the referee is over here because this official is going to go either at the snap 
or, really, or pretty much you know, close to that. And this official up here is going to hold the line. Usually the H will hold the line to make sure that the ball clears, the kick clears the, the neutral zone. So now one of the things that we find is that this official right here, it's important to note that if you're that official and your mechanic, whatever you guys, you know, whatever you do, I know in Illinois, you know, they, we go out to snap. That doesn't mean you turn your head down and you go. What it means is that you are going to still, as you're going downfield, keep an eye on this initial contact. And the referee also has to know that they're coming over to this side too because, because that guy is going. And we, because we have our umpire who's going to be focusing on the center, making sure that the center isn't uh, rough. But if there's nobody over him, the chances are that's not going to be an issue. So he can move to this zone over here and check out this side of the line as well as our H. So now we kind of know where everybody's looking. And it's because this is a tight formation, our back judge is pretty much going to, you know, he's going to go to zone right away unless there's somebody who's having a problem getting off the line of scrimmage. So now we kind of know what's going on. So let's, let's let the play run out. Now it's snap. Now our guy doesn't go. So if we could see this in this mechanic, our L ends up staying on the line of scrimmage. So whatever, let's just, we'll just let it run through. So now what happens? So now in this, this, point in the kick what's going on where are we all looking if we go back to the play our umpire is kind of still cleaning up but he's going to have to pivot where are where's our our h going to be looking you know he's going to probably be looking at this zone over here and then our l should be looking at this zone through here so that way we've got these blocks covered our referee is still cleaning up from behind and our back judge is getting ready to judge on or de determine what's going to happen when the ball is caught. So as a as the play keeps going, so now the ball is caught. Look at all this space. So this is our back judge right here. You can see he's in that position. Uh, he's kind of far off. I mean, I think we want our back judges a little bit here so they can look in this way, but I'll let Robert speak to that here in a little bit. So now where are our engagements? Where are our potential engagements? So we have a potential engagement right here. So if I'm the back judge, I am going to be here because I don't need to watch this guy run the ball at me. There's no point. I want to watch that engagement. That's where I'm going to be looking. I'm looking for a competitive matchup. If I'm the H up here that's just coming down the field, I'm still cleaning up, cleaning this stuff up. I'm waiting to see the guy turn the corner and then look for lead blocking. But this block right here. Who's watching that? Hopefully it's RL who's watching that because this is going on. Now I want everyone to focus in on this block right here as we continue on with the play because this, this is where it gets interesting. So as we walk through it, here's the block. So I'm going to play it again. Now see where what's, let's walk through and see what's going on. Now you see the kick. The kick is caught and it looks like the kick is going that way. And we see this block right here. So is that a point of attack block? I don't know. It doesn't look like it at the moment because the guy's going the other way. But now he reverses course and comes back. He's coming back this way now. All right. So that what used to be was maybe a backside block now is becoming a frontside block. So going back to the play, I'm going to watch the action on the blocker down here at the bottom. You see the blocking. Do you have anything? Do you have anything there now? Do you have anything there as this guy runs and is tackled after he reverses course? So I'm going to play one more time. Watch. And let's put the text line up so people can. I want to hear people's opinion out there. What do you think? You've got, is this a hold? Is this enough? Is this a takedown, grab and restrict? And is this enough for a block in the back after they separate? The, that's your question for you. And, and then the second part of it, who is going to see it. L U B. So Robert, before you start, you know, looking at the or looking at the text, if you, let's go back to the play real quick to the back judge. I want you to talk about the back judge position here on a scrimmage kick, his positioning and where you would be and what you're focused in when you see a play like this, Robert. 
Yes, thank you for asking. Okay, so we have a receiver that's currently at about the 32-yard line. I'm going to be at the 27 at least. I'm, I'm starting behind him, and I'm going to be at the hash. Why? Because when that ball comes down closer to the receiver, I'm going to have a good 45-degree angle to look through the player and the oncoming pursue uh, kick player to make the tackle. And I want to be able to observe if, if the receiver is going to signal for any fair catch. But most importantly, I want to see the ball come through because as any back judge who's ever worked the game knows, we want to make sure we have possession uh, and, not, and not have anything that's uh, surprising when it comes to possession on a receiving kick, scrimmage kick. Also, I want to make sure I'm going to drop my bag upon possession. It's very important because if we do have a foul, in this case, let's say we, we do call a foul uh, while the ball is loose, we need to have a, a bag down so we know where we're going to have a post-scrimmage kick and penalty enforcement. So that bag is very important. If we do have possession, now we're moving forward behind the runner. So sure, the back judge certainly is going to be able to look through those players and possibly help with that block that's in question, despite the fact that it's on the line judge side of the field. Because again, the back judge should not be where they're currently at in this diagram, in this video. The back judge is way too wide. The back judge is way too in front of the receiver. And now you're basically officiating air. We went from a five-man crew down to a four-man crew. And that's not what we want, especially uh, if we want to leverage our best practices on mechanics. All right, Robert, thank you for uh, walking through the mechanics part of it. Bill, you see a, a block like this, looks like it could be nothing, but it, it's, it's definitely borderline takedown, if not a clear takedown. And then out in the open, even though it's kind of a way, but then becomes a point of attack foul. Is this enough for you to call? Yes, sir. I'd want that called, um, especially when he reversed and came back this way. The other thing you might judge is uh, even if the play was going the other way, uh, is does this player have a chance to get across uh, to the other side to help? So those are things you have to read on it. But yeah, out in the open, it's a near takedown, if not a takedown. And with the runner coming back this way, definitely an advantage, disadvantage caused by restriction. So what about the second part? If you missed the, if you missed the second part or the first part of the potential, you're saying you're going to pass on the, the grab and restrict possible takedown because I don't got anything. But now the second contact here, is that enough for a block in the back if you were, if you were looking no. at this, Bill? No, I, I have that on the side. I'm going to pass on that one. All right, so you'd pass on... That one is a block in the back, but you definitely go with the, uh, with the takedown. Robert, um, I'm sure you've probably gotten some comments now. What's the viewer land saying on this one as to how they would rule? A lot of viewers have commented, and thank you, viewers, for participating in this. And it's unanimous, Tim. We have a foul for a takedown hold. It needs to be called because it's too visible. It's out in the space, and it can be viewed by not only spectators, but, of course, by the opponent, uh, opposing coach. So. We got to get that one. I have no official at this point that's called for the block in the back either. So all officials that have chimed in have said we got a takedown hold, foul, but no block in the back, Tim. So I agree. Uh, we'll go back to it real quick. Um, yes, I, I think this, is, this has to be called, and I think this is the line judge the whole way. Even if the, even if the back judge was in, in the position that Robert was saying, I'm, I'm saying that this is – what else is the line judge looking at? If the line judge is coming downfield, at this point, where are our competitive matchups? There are none. Possibly here after the guy reverses, possibly. And you have to watch that block, but that's what the back judge is going to do. Other than that, you got one here, but this looks like it's going to potentially be clean, which then puts right here, this block right, potential block right here. But what's our umpire looking at? He's coming down the middle. He's probably going to pick up on that one. And you can see, it's kind of interesting on this play. You know, you talk about football IQ. Look at, let's look at what happens here. This is a design play because you can see all the team, the, the, the dark team is running to their sideline and they're setting up the wall. This guy is bait, baiting them, it looks like, to go that way. And then, as you can see, the wall is set up now. The wall is here. Um, let me draw it here real quick. You can see the wall 
there's your wall. That's set up. And if you're the official, that should come, that should be, you know, jump out at you and say, wow, they're, they're, that ball's coming back because it's of the blocking scheme. So there are those potential matchups, but this is the big one. And this is the one that I think that our line judge, I wish he would have gotten because it is out in front of everybody. And it did have a material effect on the play, event, you know, eventually. And I think it's definitely one that we should get called. So uh, before we move on to our, our, our next play, which will actually be our final video play of the night, Robert, any other comments before we move on? Yeah, just a comment. There was an observation about, okay, was the ball snapped at the 24 going out? And where was the end of the run? Where, where, did, the, where did the play end? That's what the viewer's asking. So yeah. we kicked it from the 24. Yeah, but it looks like kicked from the 24, Team A's 24. Yeah. So this yep. is a good question. Let's talk penalty enforcement. Awesome. Let's start. All right. So let's say this is flagged. All right. So it's flagged. It's flagged now. So let's say, Robert, you're here, you got your bag, but this kick yep. has ended. So what do we have? What do we have now? This is not PSK anymore because the kick has ended. So if you flag it now, saying that the, the foul occurs now, it's during the running portion of this play. I mean, you can make the argument, where does it, you know, do you want to start it where the contact starts, hurt him the most? Contact's there, but that contact looks legal. That looks legal, and the kick has ended. So you don't want to, like, stretch. Where does it hold, actually, now? Right there. That's the takedown. That's the flag. So the flag is right there. We'll call that the 49. And now you'll see the guy run, and now he reverses course. So we got a flag at the 49. We've got the hole at the 49, and now he runs by it. So end of the run is the 30. So what do we do? We were going to walk this foul off from right here, the 10-yard foul. So team, receiving team, is going to get the ball first and 10 at the 39. This is not PSK. I want everybody to be careful. we got to be careful about PSK. The foul has to occur during the kick. This foul is occurring during the running play portion of it so robert that, that answered the question of the of the viewer yeah that that's excellent that's that's what we wanted tim you nailed it right on the head that's a beautiful thing but while you said all that there was a viewer that noticed okay it started at the 24 it ends the 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 line judge plants at the 27 so during all that mass humanity went three yards the line well judge. don't be that line judge i mean that's i mean that, we're not trying to pick on. Here, here's no. the thing, okay? I want to be very clear. We are not picking on the officials here. We're talking how we're going to make ourselves better and how we're right. going to officiate this play when it happens for us. I wish the line judge would have called this. I don't care where the line judge is. I don't care. I wish he would have. It's because of the discussion we just had. But in the end, I don't care what he did. He's doing the game. He called. He didn't call it. That's his life. You know, I'm hoping that as a group, we get better based off of this play and, and our discussion on where to be and where to look. Amen. So, awesome. But appreciate the comment. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, go to our final play. And this one's a, a TikTok play. So I want you to, uh, let's see, we'll go, we'll go wide on it. Hopefully it'll come up. So you, it's in this the square. We got this from TikTok. Maybe some of you have seen it. Uh, to set this up real quick, this, the, the team in green is getting ready to kick the game-winning field goal, okay? With no, when they, the ball is snapped, there will be no time remaining. I think there's only one or two seconds on the clock. So this is what happens. You'll see the ball. It's blocked. It's blocked by the team in white. Now, they're all excited because and now you see him throw. Number two throws the ball up in the air. But this is a field goal, okay? This is a field goal. And now... The team in green takes the ball over the end, puts the ball in the end zone. And let's let's walk through this before everything goes. Holy crap! All right, so we can see the ball is blocked. So now what happens next? All right, the the player, the team, the, the white player, the receiving team player, grabs the ball and throws it. Okay, is that an illegal pass? Was it going forward or backwards? Is that a backwards pass? I don't know. That's something to think about. All right, so now we've got. Hundreds of player people on the field. Okay, so how many uh, legal participations do we have there? Okay, let's count them up. A lot. All right. So now we got a completed catch. Is this an actual? Did does the ball ever hit the ground? So 
forward, backwards, doesn't matter. We got the ball is completed. This is now a completed catch. Okay? And now up here, we've got watch this. Oops. Oh, I gotta do it this way. Give me one second. I gotta put down the draw function. Apologize. Alright, so now let's look at our official right here. Watch this official. Okay, well, we're gonna see what he does. What does he do? What's he doing right now? Oh, it looks like he's he's killing it. If we go back to it, let's stop it. Oh, I wish he would stop there. All right, see, he's killing. Looks like he's killing the clock right there. He's killing the clock. We can see him doing that. All right. So now, here we go. And now, if as the ball is scored, we've got the entire team of green on. Okay, here we go. And now we got cameramen and camera women. And this is still was still a live ball, and somebody takes their helmet off, and they're celebrating, and they're celebrating, and as the as it says, who wins? Throw up the text line, Hugh. You tell me out there in Viewerland, who wins this game? All right, Robert. Crazy, crazy, crazy play, Robert. Robert. Yes. Who wins this? Play? Who wins this? Well, we have an inadvertent whistle, Tim, because the ball is live, and yes, we do have fouls that occur and and we're going to have to unfortunately go back and sort that out as a crew so we don't have a winner uh because uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to replay this sucker tim maybe maybe we will but let's let's while we're gonna walk through it this is a good one bill what do you who, do you agree with robert what are, what are we gonna do with this one bill uh, I'd fire the headlinesman for the inadvertent signal. Um, but, um, you know, you got the fouls on both teams uh, for coming out on the field. Uh, if you got an inadvertent signal, well, I, I'm assuming high school has an inadvertent signal, like a, like a whistle. Well, no, in high school, it's a whistle. You, it's funny. It's not like in college, you're right, the signal can kill the play. In high school, it doesn't. It's actually the whistle. So, I mean, well, it's either down by rule, but not an official signal. An official signal does not stop right. the play. So then um, you got a guy that scored. So it looks like Team A uh, has a touchdown. Uh, what do we do with the penalties on uh, each team? Do they, are they all dead ball, foul, live ball fouls treated as dead ball fouls? Or are they fouls to enforce at a previous spot? So these are all very, very, very good questions. So let's walk, let's walk through this. And, and before I do that, because this is very complicated, but it's going to get us in the rule book a little bit. Robert, are there any, uh, any comments or questions? IW, IW, IW. Um, there, there is a motion where the official does this to the mouth before the kill. So we do have, apparently without sound, uh, what appears to be a blowing of a whistle. Okay, so that's good. We're gonna walk through all aspects of this. Okay, so the first aspect of this, and this is commentary, okay? This is commentary on my part, so just everybody bear with me. And I think, I think Bill might agree with me. Robert, you might agree with me. I thought that the National Federation was gonna make a rule change with the quarterback out of the tackle box. I thought when I was talking to some of the rules committee members, they have always said that they kind of have a yin and yang. If they give the offense something, they got to give the defense something. And I thought, because this has been talked about, that they were going to make the tries live balls, meaning that it was not dead if the try apparently failed. That team B, the receiving team, however you want to call it, they could score on a try in high school. Right now they can't. This is a dead ball once it's kicked. And I believe this is not the first play we've seen like now. This is the craziest one I've seen, but this is not the first type of play. I've got others like this that I've seen throughout the years. And I think we, as an officiating group, as rules, we add to the confusion because on one kick, it's dead right away. And on another one, it's not. Now we know that as officials, we remind ourselves live ball, live ball, live ball. But if they would just if they would just make the try live, allowing the team team B to score if they get the ball and return it, then this doesn't happen. 
because they're all used to this ball being live. Bill, would you agree with that? That's part of the problem is that we have most of the kicks in high school, they're dead because they're tries. There's really not a lot of field goals in high school football because, you know, the kickers. Now we get the game-winning situation, and they're used to the ball being dead right away, and it's not, and this happens. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, this, this is one of them when we take, the take it as a test, and we've got the word field goal versus PAT in front of us. You know, we know we're going to keep it live. When we're out on the field, we can say we're going to do that, but we get complacent, and this is easy to slip by, and hey, the kick was blocked, uh, so we're blowing the whistle because it's over. Um, yeah, you, we're, they need to simplify it and allow it for all kick, uh, all field goal or PAT kicks. I wish they would. It would make it. It would make it a lot easier. All right. So, but let's walk through the the current rule yeah, the way it is now. All right. I'm gonna, go back. I'm interrupt you again. Yeah. Go ahead. Because you, you know earlier you said you got to think all through the things. So okay, if they allow that on the on the one point PAT kick attempt, are you going to allow it on the two point attempt when they throw a pass and it's intercepted? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if it, don't forget to cover that when you make the rule change or we'll have more more chaos no i just think it should be like it just should be like college and it's just live ball it's a live ball if the team beat whether it's a field goal attempt or you know a field goal attempt a try that's a field goal attempt or whether it's a two-point conversion attempt if team b gets the ball and runs it back and they score they get two points how it is up above so um, tim tim we tim we do have a quick question viewers are wanting is is this a field goal attempt? This is a field goal attempt. Not? It is a field goal attempt. Okay, yes. they wanted to make sure of that first. Okay. Yeah, it is a field goal attempt. But I think it, the reason why I'm saying is that that's what's caused the confusion. Because you and I, as officials and Bill, we know that, and even all the viewers, we know this field goal is a live ball. But the players don't have the time. They don't know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it simplifies it for everybody. But that's just my commentary. Let's move okay. on. Let's move on to the play. We're going to break it down. All right, so bringing down the play, first part, ball is blocked. Okay, so this is a live ball. We all know, we've all agreed, this is a live ball. All right, so that pass right there, what type of pass is it? Now, team B is going this direction, so they can't throw the ball forward. They cannot throw it forward. So is this ball being thrown forward or backwards? It looks like it's backwards. So that means it's legal because see where he catches it? It's definitely a backward pass. So there's no foul there. That's a legal pass, backward pass. So it doesn't matter if the ball hit the ground or not. But if it was an illegal forward pass, it would still be live because it was caught. It wasn't an incomplete pass, which is kind of a crazy little thing. You got to think about an incomplete forward pass, legal or illegal, stops the clock. So if that ball was illegally thrown forward and hit the ground, None of this happens. We still could have some of the other stuff, but that the second part doesn't happen because it's an incomplete illegal forward pass. Still is an incomplete pass, still stops the clock, but now we got a foul. Difference. It's important to note. But no, this is a backward pass. So and it's caught anyway, so it doesn't matter. Now the ball is caught. We'll go back to the play. So the ball is caught, so there's no foul there. So now the team. A player or the, or the kicking team player gets the ball and they skip ahead and he runs, he runs in. And then, you know, we got a lot of celebration and blah, blah, blah. So UNS, UNS, now we'll get to the inadvertent whistle here in a second. Let's just say we didn't have that. We didn't have the inadvertent whistle. This just happened. These, technically, there could be UNSs or illegal participation foul. Live ball, illegal participation foul. A live ball illegal participation foul is a basic spot enforcement. It is not a previous spot enforcement when, the, when it occurs during the live ball. If you've got 12 on, the pl 12 on the field and then the ball is snapped, that's simultaneous with the snap. That is a previous spot enforcement. If players run on the field during the, the, the down, that's illegal participation. It's a basic spot enforcement. So if you've got team B, we've got illegal participation. Now we have UNSs too. And because we've got non-players who are out there 
out, outside of the team box doing things. So we got UNSs that, see, I think all the UNSs will offset because we have a rule that says if, if a UNS happens about the same time, blah, 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 we can offset them. If, team, if, if the other teams, any, we can't see them in this film, but if they're out on the field at all, well, I got a bunch of UNSs over here. I got a bunch of UNSs over there. I can probably offset all of them, all the UNSs. But everybody gets a, gets a counter, so you got to know who's got a counter. And then, but the illegal, legal participation, it's only going to be one because it's a multiple foul situation. Everyone's like, we're starting to blow everybody's mind now. This is a multiple foul on the same team, but you can only enforce one of them for the live ball fouls. One live ball foul. All right, so let's go back to the play now and say, all right, what's going to happen next? All right, now. Does team, the green team, have they illegally participated? Are these guys out? I don't know. It's hard to tell because the, the video does jump ahead. So I don't know if those guys were out there or not. But if any of the, of the green players were out there, there's another illegal participation during a live ball. Okay, so you've got a live ball penalty on one team. You've got, or live ball penalties on one team. You've got live ball penalties on another team. <laughs> Do we have clean hands here? Did, did the green team, who got the ball? Well, no, we don't have clean hands because green team is technically the offense, the, the kicking team. So no. So we would offset the live ball fouls. Legal participation, 20 illegal participations on this side, 15 illegal participations, or even only one legal participation on the other side, they offset. Live ball foul, live ball fouls. Two teams, no clean hands under that, offset, replay the down. All right, let's go to the inadvertent whistle. Now we'll talk about the potential. But so if you even, real quick, if you don't even have the inadvertent whistle, this is still a replay because of what happened. And I'm wiping off the UNSs because we've got a bunch on one team and a bunch on another, and they basically happened at the same time. We're redoing this thing. We're resetting it up, we're redoing it. Now, where things get a little complicated though is the inadvertent whistle. So we have to think about our inadvertent whistle rule. What does our inadvertent whistle rule say? Well, it says that they can take the team in possession can take the result of the play, or we can replay the down. They have that choice if they're the team in the last possession. Who's got possession of the ball? Green does when they go. But they're obviously going to replay the down because if they say no, we'll take the result of the play. They're not going to get the result of the play because of the penalty. The other thing is is that when we have a penalty on a play. The inadvertent whistle is ignored. We enforce the penalties. So the inadvertent whistle doesn't really matter here. We've got a legal participation on one side, a legal participation on another. We're replaying this. Neither team A nor team B, green, white, has not won the game. Okay? It's really complicated, but not really. If you break it down, if you just break it down and take it in the pieces that it is, then we're good. But understand that we have a legal participation on both sides and potential UNSs, but we have live ball fouls. Our UNSs, our unsportsmanlike conduct fouls, almost all of them, except the one we talked about last week, almost, or last month, almost all of them are dead ball fouls. Succeeding spot enforcement. So we would have to take all the UNSs and enforce them at the succeeding spot. But I'm telling you, they happen all simultaneous. We have a rule now in high school, if they happen almost simultaneously, you can then offset them. So. Robert, have I utterly confused everybody? No, I, I, you know what? Surprised, I believe everyone's on the same page. Everyone is in agreement that uh, we have offsetting fouls. We're going to replay the down. But we do have a couple of great comments. Uh, one comment is, what a well-coached team the green jersey players were in not letting that play just die. They really leveraged the opportunity of securing the ball and advancing it to, to attempt to score. That's great coaching. Uh, there was another comment. This is a great example of when the referee needs to be mic'd up to, to explain the rule enforcement. In this case, offsetting fouls, replaying the down. And then finally, there was a comment about why are all those officials standing and huddling near the sideline? Just as, as an observation, they appear to be Many of them appear to be members of the chain crew. There was one wing official, the H there, that was signaling, but the other members appear to be chain crew members. Wouldn't you agree there, Tim? Yeah, those are just chain crew members, or, yeah. or they were non-officials on the game. Okay, so that's a so Bill. You know, I mean, it's pretty crazy, but that that's how we would have to break it down. I mean, before we you know broke 
So it turns out that we don't have to necessarily ostracize our, our headlinesmen because it wouldn't have mattered anyways because of what happened. But, I mean, you can see how we have to break this down and we end up as, with a redo. Yeah, it's a, it's a redo, no question about it. Team A will be semi-happy. Um, it would have been more interesting if uh, Team A stayed on the sideline, didn't come running out on the field. Um, then we could have had the score and the game could be over. Yeah, right. that's I mean, a good if, point. That's we, a good point. If team, if team, the green team, the kicking team, doesn't come out on the field at all, and they stay, and it's only their 11 players, and there is no inadvertent whistle, then yeah, then they would, de- they would decline the illegal participation and then go with the, uh, with the end of the game with the, with the score. But that's not what happened on this one. But you know, moral of the story is, is that you, uh, this, here, we're going we're gonna to finish up here, but here's the thing, is that other, let's take away the potential inadvertent whistle. This could happen to any of us, okay? This play is not determined on how good of a high school football crew you are or not. This was determined by the players, not understanding the rule. And so you have to be ready for this. And it like, oh, that crew, how could they let that happen? They had nothing to do with this other than maybe the guy killing it. Yeah, that sucked. But you take that out of it, this could happen to any one of us. So just be, be, be aware of that. And sometimes people, this is a live ball, remember live ball. You know, sometimes remind, maybe the umpire says it, maybe, you know, like, we're live or we're saying it loud enough to each other as a crew that some of the people, the players understand it. But in the end, this can happen to anybody. So, um, Robert, any last comment before we move on and call it a night? Yeah, just a couple of comments. One was, you know, it's, it's too bad that the film does skip because it would, it would be great if we had more clear understanding when those players from the from the green jerseys came onto the field right that that kind of there's a little distortion there and then one last thing going back to the other play and i hate to bring this up because it was a play previous when we had that takedown hold on that scrimmage kick and let's say the line judge because referees always ask well when did the foul occur and then the line judge is is locked in from that block and says oh it, it was it was during the kick you know and, and you know what we're human you, you, you locked in, you justified that, oh, yeah, it was during the kick. Well, then you, you enforce it as if it was during the kick. You know, the video may show otherwise, but, Tim, I don't know if you want to comment in that situation because there, there was a viewer that said, you, you said, no, the, the, the block occurred after possession. But sometimes as a crew, we may not see the timing that way, right? No, that's true. If, but you can only go with the information you have. So yeah. if you're the referee and you ask the question, the line just says it happened during the kick, then it happened during the kick. And then we can learn about it later. Now, if somebody else on the crew, you know, you got the O2Os or whatever, back judge says, no, 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 your flag came on way after that. Okay, well, then we can, we can correct it. You know, we can step up, crew step up and get it right. Um, but if nobody on the crew has any knowledge and nobody seems to know, and that's what it's reported, that's what we enforce. So... All right, let's go, uh, let's go to our PowerPoint for our play of the week, our, our rules play of the week. Like I said, I'm going to do this. So that way we'll have something to start us off when we start our preseason meetings off next month. Uh, I think August 11th is our Wednesday, August 11th, I think is our first preseason meeting. And, and it's kind of a cool one, but I'll get that to you in a second. Let's go to the play. So here's your rule question. Fourth and seven, team A at the B32 with 22 seconds left in the game and the score is tied. Team A lined up for a field goal attempt with A10 lined up seven yards. The player A10 is lined up seven yards behind the snapper in a squat position ready to take the snap and kicker A7 is in position to make a place place kick. As the ball is snapped, B99 lined up directly over the center charges into him. And as A10 pitches the ball forward to A33. After that, A10 is, after he clearly pitches the ball away, B99 then charges into him. A33 is tackled at the B27 inbounds with 17 seconds remaining. So my question for you is, what's the ruling? You've got 
fourth and seven, a lot of contact, potential field goal situation, ends up being a running play. What happens? We're going to go over it next time on August 11th. Interesting night on August 11th. We're going to be doing a combo meeting, our first ever combo meeting here at MIBTonline.com. We're going to be a com combination or doing a dual meeting with the Iowa officials. So the, uh, the Central Iowa Officials Association, they're going to be meeting with us as well uh, on our meeting on the 11th. We're going to be doing a, a dual meeting. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you want to be there, be here for that. And uh, we're looking forward to, to having those guys. Bill and I have done meetings with them the last couple of years. So they're going to be part of us on Wednesday the 11th. They're going to join us. So, we're, so like I said, it should be a lot of fun. So uh, I want to thank Bill. Bill, thank you for being here tonight. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Now I can get upstairs and catch up on some sleep. <laughs> there you go. Robert Yabara, as always, thank you for being here. Any last comments before we uh, pull the plug on this thing? No. The only comments is thank you, viewers, for being engaged and participating tonight. We can obviously see you're thirsty for some football. We got our clinic come August 7th, and then uh, we're going to roll right into the preseason meeting. So thank you for joining us tonight. Want to thank uh, Hugh over there for his first night. He, you know, he, he did really well. This is, there he is. There's Hugh. He did real well for his first night. It's kind of fun. You know, it gets a lot of stuff going on. It's pretty crazy. So I want to thank everybody who watched. Thanks for being here for MIBTonline.com and all our guests, all our subscribers, everybody out there. Thank you. Have a great evening. We'll catch you on uh, August 7th, Sunday, August 7th for our clinic. Check out our YouTube. Check out our TikTok. We got lots coming to your way. We'll catch you next time at mitbtonline.com. Good night, everyone.